0: Well, I want you to go ahead and open up your Bibles this uh, morning to John chapter 3 and guess what? We're going to be in verse 3, amen? We're going to continue in verse 3. Uh, Brother Tony, our new director of missions for the River Baptist Association, he uh, was talking to me the other day, and as he was talking to me, he said, uh, you know, he, he said, we've got a mission trip to, uh, to Africa that's planned, and this is what we're going to do. In eight days, we're going to preach up. Uh, we're going to preach and teach all the way. We want several pastors to come. And said, so in eight days, and uh, they're going to preach and teach there in Africa. The entire Bible, from Genesis to Revelation, I said, Brother Tony, I said, uh, I've been preaching out of John chapter 3 for the past five weeks, and I've made it to verse 3 so far. And he said, well, you might not be the one to do that. I said, well, maybe not. I don't know. (laughs) But God, God has those right ones out there. Amen. So as we look here in the Word of God, John chapter 3, beginning in verse 3, or in verse 3, uh, we're going to continue looking at this. As we look here at this text of Scripture, we've already looked at the man Nicodemus. We looked at who he was. We looked at the fact that Jesus answered. And uh, at last week, we began to uh, also look at the fact that uh, what that, that heaven is an excuse, uh, exclusive place that you must be born again. Well, we're still not quite at that point of talking about, being born again. I'm going to talk about that next week and talk about that uh, on whether or not you've made those reservations on Easter Sunday morning. And so uh, be inviting folks to that and encouraging people to be here and also pray that the power of God would just fall down upon them and draw them in. So as we look again at John chapter 3 and verse 3, Jesus answered and said to him, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of heaven. Now, it's interesting as we look at this text of scripture, oftentimes we think of this text of scripture as being evangelistic, and it is evangelistic. Unless we're born again, we're not going to go to heaven, amen? Unless we're born again, we can't be saved. Unless we're born again, we don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. But something that I want you to understand, it is evangelistic towards the lost, but it also is an understanding of who we are as Christians. Amen? Because as we see this, Jesus said this phrase twice. He said it a little bit differently, but he said it twice. In verse 3, he says that unless you're born again, you cannot see the kingdom of heaven. You can't see the kingdom of heaven unless you're born again. And then in verse 5, Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of the water and of the Spirit, we'll get into that next week, of being born of the water and of the Spirit. Basically, he's saying again, But saying it in a little bit different way because Nicodemus didn't quite understand what he was saying. So basically, he was saying born again, but yet he said it a little bit differently. So this time in verse 5, unless you're born of the water and the Spirit, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. And so, the first time, he says, unless you're, in verse 3, he says, unless you're born again, you cannot see the kingdom of heaven, and then in verse 5, unless you're born of the water and the Spirit, or in other words, that you're born again, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven, and so no doubt, or the kingdom of God, and so no doubt that this is evangelistic, that it's very clear that you, if you're not born again, you're not going to go to heaven, amen? If you're not born again, you're going to die, and you're going to go to hell, and you're going to it eternity in hell but also as we see this we recognize something that he says this in two different ways unless you're born again you can't see the kingdom of heaven and unless you're born again you're not going to enter into the kingdom of heaven so that tells us two things that tells us first of all when we compare this to the rest of scripture when we compare what it is here that Jesus is talking about the kingdom of God He's talking about the kingdom of God. What is it that we cannot see and what is it that we cannot enter? It is the kingdom of God. And so the question that we have to ask ourselves is when we get born again, according to the rest of scripture, when is it that we enter into the kingdom of God? When is it that we become a part of the kingdom of God? And what we're going to see right here according to scripture, according to the word of God is the very moment that you get born again again you are a citizen of the kingdom of God and unless you're born again you can walk and talk all up on this earth and live on this earth all you want to but friend you can hear other people talk about the kingdom of God you can read things in scripture about the kingdom of God but unless you're born again all right here right now upon this earth you will not see the kingdom of God and you're certainly not going to enter into the kingdom of God in those end days and so as we begin to understand this begin to take a look at this who are we living for where are we living for where are we living are we living as citizens of the earth now i am patriotic i am patriotic to the core i was brought up in a military family military has been my life growth was my life growing up you know when we went to the movie theater on the air force base everybody stood up they put their hand over their heart and they and they uh sang the star spangled banner the first time that i went to uh, a movie off of the the, off of the air force base and that that's all we ever did was go to the movie theaters on the air force base first time i went to the movie theater off of the air force base and they didn't do the star spangled banner at the beginning of the movie i thought it was the strangest thing in my life what's wrong with these folks why are they doing the star spangled banner they realize none of the movie theaters did it except for the ones on the military bases and so there's nothing wrong with being patriotic but the reality is is that friends we need to live and we need to breathe and we need to exist and we need to walk and we need to talk and we need to think as citizens of the kingdom of God. If you are truly born again then I want you to understand something. You are not a citizen of this world. You are a citizen of the kingdom of God. Amen. You are a citizen of God's own kingdom. In fact, the word of God tells us that what we are. We are ambassadors we are royal ambassadors and so what does a royal ambassador do a royal ambassador doesn't represent the place in which he is currently living he's living in a foreign land but he is representing the place in which he is from in other words if you're an American and you're living in England you're not representing England you're representing the United States of America if you're from the UK and you're living in the United States, then you're representing the UK. Now we just so happen to be living upon planet Earth, but guess what? We are citizens of the kingdom of God. Therefore, we need to be royal ambassadors and we need to represent the kingdom of God. We need to live. We need to breathe. We need to exist as citizens of the kingdom of God. Now unfortunately something that we also understand that when we're living within uh, another land you know sometimes i've heard folks that that, uh move to other countries maybe somebody that was born and raised here in america they go over there and they live uh they they start living in england or something all of a sudden they have an english accent right All of a sudden, they have that English accent, even though they weren't raised over there. It rubbed off on them, right? And they eventually began to become accustomed to the ways that they do things over there. But friends, as we are out there, we need to be aware that we are not citizens of this local earth. We are citizens of the kingdom of God. Therefore, we don't need to allow the world to have an impact upon us. Instead, we need to have an impact upon the rest of the world and so as i've traveled around other places and i realize you know as i go into other places and their culture is vastly different from the culture in which i come from here in the united states especially down here in the south right uh, we, we kind of stick out like a sore thumb sometimes whenever we we, we go uh, into other places and everybody knows that that uh, we're Americans. right they can just look at us <laughs> sometimes and they know they're not from around here amen and so uh, i remember one time I was there in Austria and I was, as, as I was there in Austria I love coffee and so we went to this coffee shop and go up into this coffee shop and I asked the lady there, she's speaking English, she's able to understand me, I'm able to understand her which was, which is always awesome whenever you're traveling to foreign places and so I order my cup of coffee, she gives me my cup of coffee and I said, you guys have any sugar? Boy, I insulted the fool out of her. She looked at me She leaned forward and she said, this is not America. <laughs> and so I realized that I represented America well when I asked for sugar to go in that coffee, but boy, that sure did insult her, that you do not put sugar in your coffee. What in the world are you thinking of? And she knew that was a my, Amer- my American mindset that was thinking across that line when she told me, this is not America. And boy, she was just highly insulted over that. But friends, I want you to understand, when Christians... Christians are persecuted all over the world and per- Christians have been persecuted all throughout the course of history it's not because simply because They are living for Jesus or simply because they profess a faith in Jesus Christ is because they are living out that kingdom mindset and living out that kingdom world. Those within the pagan world, they're saying paganism is wrong. We worship Jesus and Jesus alone, those within the Roman world will not confess that that Caesar is Lord. Jesus is the only Lord. And for that reason they were persecuted. They didn't care if they had a, a God, right? The, the, just add them to the mix, add them to all the rest of the gods. But as we begin to understand that, they would not bow, they would not bend. They were going to continue to live out that Christian life and that Christian faith so that they would be representatives of the kingdom of God. And Jesus said here, unless you're born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Friends, we need to be born again. That that is the primary thing within our life, and yes, that means being saved. And so, yes, that is evangelistic, but it's not just for when we all get to glory. It is for right here, right now, today, this very present age, that as soon as you become born again, as soon as you are saved, you are living in the kingdom of God. And it is our business to be living as citizens of the kingdom of God that as we live out that life of being citizens of the kingdom of God we are representatives of the king we're representatives of Jesus amen so as we begin to think about that Jesus began talking to uh, the crowds in Luke chapter 9. Jesus was talking to the crowds there in Luke chapter 9. He was talking about uh, his second coming, and he explained many things about his second coming. And so some of the Pharisees asked Jesus, well, when when is the kingdom going to come? Now, when is the kingdom going to come? And this is what Jesus said to them in Luke chapter 9 and verse 27. He says, But I say to you truthfully, there are some of those standing here who will not taste death until they see the kingdom of God. There's some of you right here today that are living in present time, which was 2,000 years ago, the days that Jesus was speaking to those who were living in that present day within that first century time frame. And Jesus said, There's some of you right here, right now, under the sound of my voice, you're not going to die until you yourself see the kingdom of God. Amen you're going to see the kingdom of God. In other words, some of them there that day, they were going to end up getting saved and they were going to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Because again, what did Jesus say to Nicodemus? Unless you're born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. But yes, Jesus was prior to that talking about his second coming, but then he brought it into present time. Some of you, before you die, are going to see the kingdom of God. Therefore, as we understand Well, Jesus hasn't come back yet, right? None of those things have taken place yet. So obviously Jesus was saying there are some there that day that were going to end up putting their faith and their trust in Jesus Christ and they were going to be born again. Therefore, they were going to be able to see the kingdom of God in their own lifetime before they all died. And so what we recognize and what we understand that it is the coming of Jesus that brought about the kingdom of God. It was the death, burial, and the resurrection of Jesus that brought about the kingdom of God. And it is our faith in Jesus, in his death, in his burial, in his resurrection, that when we are saved and we are born again, that we then enter into the kingdom of God because of what Jesus, the king, has done for us and providing that way for us to enter into to the kingdom of God and that we today right here right now from the moment that you are saved be able to live and exist within the kingdom of God a lot of times we look around at this world and say man this world's messed up amen this world, this world's in bad shape this world's not only in bad shape it's constantly getting in worse and worse and worse shape the reality is the world's always been messed up amen and yes right now in the way things are going things are bad and they're getting worse on a regular basis but guess what our hope is not in a temporary world and our hope is not in a temporary nation as i said earlier i love the united states of america and as long as we're here i want us to prosper as a nation and do well amen But I recognize that the United States is temporary. I recognize this whole world is temporary, and my faith is not upon the temporal things of this world. My faith is in Jesus, and he's already won the final war. So guess what I have? Nothing whatsoever to worry about. He's got it all under absolute control. Amen? absolute control, have nothing to worry about. That's why the Bible tells us to keep our eyes focused on the things above and not on the things below. So as we continue to look here in the Word of God, it's interesting that Jesus gave us that example prayer in the Lord's prayer. In the Lord's prayers, Jesus gave us that prayer. What was one of the things that Jesus uh, said right there? He said that that we ought to pray this way. This is what he told us this is the way that we ought to pray. And so, you know, some of us have that memorized, and some of us, uh, even if we don't have it memorized, it's familiar to us enough to to where we know it. And what did Jesus say? He said many things, but one of the things he says thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven now he wasn't saying to pray that jesus would come back when he says thy kingdom come and that's pretty obvious because thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven So right now in the midst of this messed up world, you know, one of our prayers is that Jesus, let your will be done upon this earth as it is in heaven. Thy kingdom come upon this earth and your will be done upon this earth just like it is in heaven. So though the world is messed up, we recognize it's messed up, it's going to get a whole lot worse before Jesus ultimately comes back. But we as citizens of the kingdom of the world, uh, of the kingdom of God rather, are there to pray on behalf and intercede on behalf of this world. Jesus, let your kingdom fall down upon this earth. Jesus, allow people to come unto your Lordship, your Lord of all heaven, and he's absolutely Lord of all earth, but folks haven't accepted it, therefore folks aren't doing his will, but let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. See, that's why I want to see revival. That's why I want to see a great awakening move across our land, and we're seeing uh, drops of it right now. We're seeing spots of it right now, and outbreaks of it in different parts. Even right here in the United States, and I believe that we very well could be on the verge of a greater, a great awakening, a great moving of God. And as Christians, that ought to be our heart, that ought to be our desire, but it also ought to be our plea. God, let thy kingdom come upon this earth and let thy will be done on this earth as your the Lord of heaven, you're also the Lord of earth, but allow the people to be surrendered unto your lordship. Let revival come, let a great awakening come. Have your way in the midst of this world. Amen. That ought to be our constant prayer. We ought to be praying that for ourselves. We ought to be praying that for our families. We ought to be praying that for our churches. We ought to be praying that for our communities. And we absolutely need to be praying that for our nation and the whole world. Amen? So when we begin to think about that, the kingdom of God is right here right now today. And as we begin to think about the kingdom of God as right here, right now, today, there are many people that are absolutely clueless to that. Completely clueless to that. Totally clueless that there's even such a thing as the kingdom of God. You see, Pontius Pilate was one of those that was completely clueless to the kingdom of God. He understood kingdoms, and he was in authority but as we look in john chapter 18 beginning in verse 36 we find right here in this text of scripture john 18 beginning in verse 36 uh there it was that jesus had been arrested jesus was going through this facade of a false trial they brought him before pilate jesus asked him or pilate rather asked jesus are you king And so he said, are you asking on behalf of yourself or are you asking because somebody else told you to ask, basically is what he's saying right there. So in verse 36, Jesus answered and he said, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then my servants would be fighting so that I would not be handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not of this realm. Was he talking about his kingdom's a spiritual kingdom? So it's probably a confused Pilate all the more. What in the world is he talking about? <laughs> right? Confused Pilate all the more. In verse 37, therefore Pilate said to him, So are you a king? Or so you are a king. And he asked that in a question. And Jesus answered, You say correctly that I'm a king. For this I have been born, and for this I have come into the world to testify to the truth everyone who is of the truth hears my voice everyone's of the truth hears my voice kingdom is in the heart of men amen the kingdom of god is a spiritual kingdom jesus said it's not of this realm it's a spiritual kingdom it's in the heart of men Once you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior, you're born again. You die to self again. What does it mean to be born again? It means that you die to self. Paul said that I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but he who lives within me. So you die to self. You come alive to Jesus, and Jesus comes to live within you. They hear my voice, and they're led by me. They're king. Not everybody sees that. Pilate didn't see it. Pilate didn't understand it. He didn't comprehend it. He didn't know what in the world was going on. He probably didn't have a clue what Jesus was talking about. This guy's crazy. What in the world is he talking about? But those who hear the voice of Jesus, those who know Jesus, they understand. Amen? They get it. And so we continue to look at the kingdom of heaven and when we look at the kingdom of heaven, Jesus told many parables about the kingdom of heaven in Matthew chapter 13, and I hope you take the time to look at those and just study all of Matthew chapter 13. All of the book of Matthew is about the kingdom of God. It's all about the kingdom of heaven because it's about Jesus being the king. That's what the gospel of Matthew is about. And so when we look at the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 13, uh, that Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is like the seed And the sower, the seed and the sower goes out and he plants that seed. Some of it falls on stony ground, some of it falls on on the roadside, some of it falls on the thorny ground, but some of it falls in the good soil. Later on, Jesus' uh, disciples got with him and they asked him, what in the world are you talking about? What in the world does that mean? And he explained it to them. But then he goes on in Matthew chapter 13, verse 24 through 23, he says, the kingdom of heaven is like. Each one of these things, he says, the kingdom is like. The kingdom is like a farmer goes out and plants his crop. He goes out there and plants that wheat, but then enemies come in later. Enemies come in behind him and they put tares in the midst of that wheat. And so, you know, the the workers that come out said, What should we do? He said, well, you, well, you uh, harvest the, the wheat and the tares together, and this is what you do. You're going to separate the wheat from the tares, and guess what's going to happen to the tares? They're going to be burned. Amen? He said, that's what the kingdom of heaven is like. The wheat is the good seed the seed that fell on the good soil. It took root, and it grew. Jesus said this right after that parable, right after that. He says, he continues to go on, he says, the kingdom of heaven is like the mustard seed that mustard seed those are the smallest of all seeds you plant it in that ground it grows up to be like a great big tree to where even the birds rest up on it that's what the kingdom of heaven is like starts off small and then it grows you know it's so, so phenomenal you think about this for just a minute the romans who crucified jesus within 300 years, came to be known as a Christian empire. Now, whether they really were a Christian empire is still debatable, but it's amazing that within 300 short years, within 100 years, the gospel spread all over the world. Amen? We see that in the book of Acts. But then in 300 years, now even this wicked Roman empire that had crucified Jesus... We're now professing Jesus. Starts off small. That faith you put in Jesus might start off small, but you know what? It's gonna grow and it's gonna grow. And it's going to get to the point to where it absolutely consumes your life, and everything within your life rests upon that faith. Everything. It's like the trees rest upon that that that, that the, the birds rather rest upon that that tree that was once the tiniest of seeds, that mustard seed, but now it has grown. Jesus also says the kingdom of heaven is like that little bit of leaven that you put in the dough. What happens? That leaven that you put in the dough it eventually grows and grows and grows and consumes, and now it has taken over. You know that's what the kingdom of heaven needs to do within our own life. Amen. We need to allow the kingdom of heaven to be in our life first of all and then once it's in our life it then grows and consumes our life to have control over every aspect of our life. Matthew chapter 13 verse 44 Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is like a field. There it is that that farmer's out there find up that field, and he finds there's a great treasure buried in the field. Apparently it's not his field. So what does he do? He reburies it. He goes out, sells everything he owns. and gets enough money to where he can go out and buy that field because that treasure that's in that field is worth far more than anything else he had of earthly value. There it is again and right behind that. All, all of this one after the other after the other. Matthew chapter 13 verse 45. Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is like this. He said it's like that pearl of great price. When that merchant saw that pearl of great price. He too went out and sold everything. He all realizing that nothing he had of any earthly value. Was comparable to that one pearl of great price. So he sold everything that he had. He said nothing on this earth is more valuable than that pearl of great price. Friends, there's nothing on this earth that is more valuable than the kingdom of heaven. Amen. There's things I enjoy on this earth. There's things that I appreciate on this earth. There, there might even be things on this earth that I would say I love. Amen. I love my things. I'm sorry I can't help myself. Amen. Part of my life ever since I was a teenager, I've always loved them. But I'm not going to miss them when I get to heaven. Amen. Not going to miss them at all. I'm going to be too preoccupied with things that are far more important. But you know, even while I live here on this earth, even while I live right now. You know, almost every Mustang I've had has been a conversation starter. They have. You pull up into a gas station, you're there pumping gas. I make a comment about your car. Well, thank you. Let me tell you about Jesus. You started it. I'm going to finish it. <laughs> Amen. So You know, you can use the things of this earth that you enjoy. Well, I used to ride motorcycles. People come up to you all the time. There, you know that. People come up to you all the time, make a comment about your motorcycle. Amen? Thank you. Now let me tell you about Jesus. We could use those things to put in perspective what is far more important. So as we look at all of these things, and begin to understand them. Jesus spoke to the Pharisees and he spoke to the Pharisees. He said this to them. In Luke chapter 17, verse 21 through 20, uh, 20 through 21. He said, "Now, having been questioned by the Pharisees as to when the kingdom of God was coming, he answered and said to them, "The kingdom of God is not coming with signs to be observed." Nor will they say, "Look here or there it is." For behold, the kingdom of God is in your midst. How then is the kingdom of God in your midst? In their midst? Because the kingdom of God is in you. Amen? So, as we are royal ambassadors, we need to verbalize the gospel. We need to communicate the gospel. The gospel is intended to be spoken and communicated. The Bible says to preach the gospel to all creation, and that must be done. We can do it in writing. We could do it through our voices. But friends, we need to be living the kingdom of God. When folks look at you, you know, the Bible says we're a peculiar people. Now, some folks take that as meaning that we need to be weird all on purpose. That's not what the Bible's talking about. Amen, being weird all on purpose. Some, some folks take it to that extreme. That's not what the Bible means. But as I am living kingdom-minded upon this earth, It will be in total contrast the way that the world is living. When they look at me, they're going to say, there's something different about it. When they look at you, they're going to say, there's something different about it. What is it? I need to know. Then we can communicate the gospel. Friends, kingdom needs to be at our forefront. Think. It, breathe. It, live. It, walk. It, talk. It. It needs to be the very essence of who we are. Why? Because Jesus is the king. Being kingdom-minded means we're focused on Him. Amen? Now, there's going to be a day when the physical kingdom comes. Jesus is going to physically return, and the whole world's going to see Him. And there's going to be a day when we physically enter into that new heaven and that new earth. But between now and then, we're living in the kingdom of God. We need to let those who are blinded to it that are out there in the world see the kingdom of God, more importantly, the king within us. Amen? What areas in your life today, the praise team comes on up, what areas in your life does not represent the kingdom? In other words, What areas in your life are not giving glory and honor to Jesus? What areas are those? And by the way, we all have them. Amen? We all have them. What we need to do is get those out. Let God get those out. Ask Him to forgive us of it. Repent of it. Ask Him to give us the strength to walk away and stay away. Amen. You be honest with God right now. Let's all stand. Be honest with God right now. What areas in your life are not honoring Jesus? Repent of it today right now right this moment you don't have to come up here you can if you want to I'd be happy to pray with you You'll do it right where you stand but are you born again are you a citizen of the kingdom are you saved if not today come up to me and say brother Rusty I'm not saved. And I need Jesus. I want to be. Amen. You come as God so leads.